Good evening and welcome to the show. Well, if the organisers of the World Pride Festival in Sydney want the name of their festival to mean anything, they should probably distance themselves from some of the less dignified things on display in Sydney at the moment. Here is one man exercising his pride in Hyde Park on Sunday morning. When you look at that and remember that this man is taking part in a festival that is not only endorsed by the government, but actually receives millions of dollars from it, it's difficult not to wonder if our culture is in its death throes. Liberalism has now usurped both beauty and respect for other people. It is even oblivious to our history. Here are the participants preparing to take part in Saturday night's march. That building in the background is the Anzac Memorial, which was built as a result of an act of the New South Wales Parliament that was passed 100 years ago this year. It is one of the most solemn and important buildings in the entire CBD, but I doubt anybody in the march gave it even a cursory thought. I'll return to the issue of the military in a few minutes because the proponents of the Pride Festival might like to be reminded that not all people around the world find their festival entirely edifying. In the early 19th century, English poet Percy Shelley wrote a famous sonnet about the futility of pride. The sonnet describes a massive stone statue of Egyptian pharaoh Ozymandias, on the plinth of which is inscribed the famous words, Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. But after centuries of exposure to the elements, the statue lies in pieces in the desert, around which, Shelley says, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Shelley's point, which is a valid one, is that even the achievements of historical giants eventually turn to dust. Which makes you wonder about the so-called pride of this festival. Pride is a curious name for a festival that celebrates various types of sexuality. Sexuality is not a significant aspect of a person's character or achievements. Your sexuality has no bearing on whether you are a good person or not. Bad people can be gay or straight, as can good people. The Mardi Gras parade was once a defiant statement about a taboo subject, which has more to do with human rights than pride. But that ship sailed years ago. It is now a quarter of a century since Ellen DeGeneres sensationally came out on television. And since then, the entire entertainment industry has been thoroughly dominated by gays and lesbians. It's also been illegal in most parts of the liberal West for decades to discriminate against people on the basis of their sexuality. Unless, of course, you're discriminating on the basis of heterosexuality, in which case, no problem. The Australian Fair Work Commission, for example, says it is, quote, unlawful to take adverse action on the basis that a person is or is believed to be lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender. 
you'll notice it doesn't mention adverse actions against straight people. The Fair Work Commission is affiliated with the International Labour Organisation, which says the mere removal of discrimination is not enough, and that, quote, it is also necessary to promote equality of opportunity and treatment in the workplace, end of quote. You will find similar sentiments expressed by the Australian Human Rights Commission. In other words, two of Australia's most powerful bodies overseeing supposed equality actively discriminate against straight people to help those who are marching in the parade on Saturday because they are victims. But just in case you were in any doubt about the political power of this movement, one person who joined the march more than anyone confirmed it. That would be the nation's Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. A week before the march, Albanese helped rename a civic space in Newtown, Sydney, as Pride Square for the duration of the festival. Politicians are expected to at least pay lip service to this movement, but Albanese has a particular enthusiasm for it. He said, quote, We speak a lot about tolerance, and tolerance is really important. But this is about a step that's way more important than tolerance. We need to celebrate our diversity, not just tolerate it. Did you hear that, Australia? We have ways to make you celebrate. Albanese wasn't the only politician on the march. The organisers were happy to allow Senator Lydia Thorpe, formerly of the Greens, to participate, despite her being such an irrational attention seeker that she's too mad even for the Greens party. But she did very eloquently sum up who she and everyone else were marching for. For people who, want, who choose to love who the f they want to love. Yeah. And if a trans woman says that they're a woman, they're a woman. Yeah. Charming, Lydia. Anyway, here's a photo of her actually on the march. The sign says, no pride in genocide, which is the type of conflation of victimhood that pretty much defines the left side of politics these days. Thorpe later got a little confused about it all and tried to actually stop the parade by laying down in front of one of the floats. She thought it was the police float, which was there to reassure everyone that the cops don't discriminate against gays and sexual minorities anymore. Well, that wasn't good enough for Thorpe, who later said she was proud, there's that word again, of her actions because, quote, black and brown trans women still face violence from the police, end of quote. The problem is that the float she tried to stop was not representing the police, but a counselling service for gay kids. So let's delve into this mad woman's mind and try to make sense of what she's on about. She's marching for the rights of people to quote, love whoever the F they want and be whatever gender they want to be. Then she disrupts the march because she thinks the police are using the law to discriminate against brown and black women. Yet she is a member of the upper house in our federal parliament. 
And on top of that, she thinks the nation on whose parliament she sits was founded on genocide. And she has in the past said the war against her people that began with the fictional invasion of this continent is still ongoing. In what sort of crazy world is it rational for a person to sit in the parliament of a society with which she is at war? And how much sense does it make for a lawmaker to protest against the police? I received further confirmation of the legal and political power of this movement yesterday. You may recall this mural, which suddenly appeared recently in Wynyard, in the centre of Sydney. It caused some anger and became the subject of a heated debate before a bucket of purple paint was thrown over it along with the message, leave the kids alone. I have seen a copy of the development application for this site, which was approved by the City of Sydney Council on the grounds that the site, quote, must not contain material that is offensive or sexually explicit, end of quote. I contacted the council to ask what penalty this offence would attract and when we are likely to see that penalty issued. The council said it was not responsible for the mural and referred me to the Advertising Standards Bureau, which also said the offence was outside its jurisdiction. Well, it's almost certain that the group responsible for this mural will not be punished by the law. There are other World Pride events aimed at children and they too will be condoned by authorities and go ahead. Such is the power of the gay lobby these days. You don't need to be a sinologist to know how all this looks from Beijing. In 2016, Chinese authorities ordered, quote, no television drama shall show abnormal sexual relationships and behaviours such as incest, same-sex relationships, sexual perversion, sexual assault, sexual abuse, sexual violence, and so on. End of quote. The authorities called this vulgar, immoral, and unhealthy content. Now, whether you agree with that or not is beside the point. The truth is that the government of China, which is aggressively expanding in our region, finds the kind of behaviour on display in Sydney right now abhorrent. Authoritarian regimes rarely need a moral justification for their militaristic actions, but we are giving them one anyway. If China sees current Western culture as terminally decadent, and again, whether it is or not doesn't really matter here, why would they not invade us? Which brings me back to the marches preparing in the shadow of the Anzac Memorial in Hyde Park. These people are very good at enjoying freedom. They are arguably more skilled at it than almost anyone in human history. But would they fight to defend it? And even if they would, do these people look like they would be any match for, say, these guys? Again, and it's important to repeat this, I'm not saying China's interpretation of our culture is correct or that militarism is the solution. But these are facts that we need to acknowledge and arguably prepare for. 
One of the defining aspects of the Chinese Communist Party is its determination to perpetuate and spread what it sees as a superior culture. And that, despairingly, is where we are also less formidable. I'm not just referring to the overt disrespect and ridicule for our religious heritage here. Right across the West, we are experiencing cultural lethargy. It's not just Percy Shelley's sonnet Ozymandias that we have forgotten lately. It's also all of the wonderful cultural legacy into which we were born. I attended the preview of the Bell Shakespeare Company's new production of Shakespeare's Macbeth on Sunday night. Macbeth is about a medieval Scottish king, but this production is set inexplicably in the 1920s in what might be London, although the accents are thickly Australian. Many of the best lines were either mumbled or shouted, and the production, in my humble opinion, was overwrought and overacted, as if the words Shakespeare left us were not enough. But worse, some of the male roles were absurdly played by women. And in the program, the cast listed their preferred pronouns, because, you know, in this enlightened era, everybody knows that gender is optional and, and the one we assume might not be correct. Well, if gender is a social construct, then it won't be long before the Bell Shakespeare Company recasts Jacques as Jacqueline in a production of As You Like It and delivers a soliloquy about the seven ages of a transgender person starting with all the world's a gay parade. Shakespeare himself warned us, that way madness lies. Let me shun that. Shun madness? Why would anybody in power today do that? They aren't the ones paying the price for their madness. But I can tell you who is. It's kids like Luca Hine who regrets ever having had anything to do with the LGBTQI crowd. The trans community lied to me. When I was a teenager, I was told that this discomfort I was feeling is just that I was meant to be a boy and that if I transitioned, I would feel great. I would feel euphoric. It would be, it would be everything. But looking back, I think if someone at that time would have just said, no, just told me no. Just been like, no, you, we're gonna, we're gonna get you help you need. It's just a normal teenage thing to feel uncomfortable in your body maybe I wouldn't be where I am today. And I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. This young woman is not alone. Class actions against the medical practitioners who prey on these kids are starting to gather momentum. And the largest clinic for this speciality in Britain is being closed down.
The T in LGBTQI stands for transgender. This is a significant section of the festival being held in Sydney right now. Yet the festival organisers have so far neglected to tell some of the most vulnerable people in Australia, that is teenage kids experiencing normal feelings of confusion and angst, that surgically changing their gender is not a good idea. Instead, they're encouraging it. There was once a good reason for Sydney's annual Mardi Gras parade. Our culture's attitude to homosexuality has in the past often been horrific. The Mardi Gras helped dispel the fears the mainstream felt, which is as it should be in a liberal society. But the current festival has taken it a step further by celebrating hedonism and arrogantly dismissing the concerns of those who think there are more transcendent and virtuous things to celebrate. As a culture, this is not, to use the left's favourite word, sustainable. Now, let's bring in Lyle Shelton of the Family First Party, who has been fighting to protect kids from this kind of overtly sexual behaviour for years. Lyle, welcome. Thanks very much, Fred. Good to be with you. Lyle, let's start by talking about the history of mainstream Australia's attitude towards homosexuality. It's often been quite horrific, hasn't it? Look, it has, and no one wants to see people discriminated against uh, because of their sexuality or gender identity. Uh, on the same token, I think uh, Australians you know, should be free to hold views on what they believe is appropriate for sexual flourishing or, or preferable but uh, I think we want to be tolerant of, of one another. And that's certainly uh, my view. And I think it's the view of uh, most mainstream Australians. Is liberalism a bad thing, Lyle? Uh, no, liberalism's not a bad thing. Uh, but like any um, political philosophy, if it's taken uh, too far, it, it can be. And look, I think... Uh, Freedom, uh, if it's taken to licence, uh, can be a bad thing. Now, I, I think liberalism, where it's held in balance, in tension with other people's uh, rights as well, uh, th that's that's the balance we've got to get. And I think what we're seeing you know, with uh, with uh, some of the overt displays um, of of uh, the, the so-called you know Pride Week, Sydney Pride Festival, World Pride that's going on is um, is licence where it's now impacting on other people's rights and, and even their, their health and well-being. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about displays of inappropriate material in public spaces which impact on children. And, yeah, and that's where well, let's, let's get to, let's get to the, in, indeed, let's get to the children's aspect of this uh, in a second. But the but the, the, there are some light, some other rights being trampled on here, quite not, not in a very, not in a sort of, particularly oppressive way, but there is a widespread feeling that expressing uh, opposition or discontent with Pride Festival, for example, is not allowed. Like, you know, the, our, our freedom of expression is not, not permitted while all this other liberalism is going on all over the place. Well, it should be permitted. You know, there was once a time when people would say, you know, people should be free to do whatever they like. In the, in the privacy of their bedrooms. But what we're seeing now is that uh, what was once done in private 
uh, now has to be celebrated in the streets openly. And uh, if you don't support it and celebrate with them, then you're some sort of a bigot. And uh, I think that's what uh, people are starting to take objection to. And uh, this idea that, you know, it's all uh, out in the open, in the streets, where kids can see it, um, you know, that's liberalism having gone too far. And, and people should be free to disagree with each other on what they believe is a vision for human flourishing, whether it's in the sexual area, relational area or whatever. People should be free. But at the moment, it doesn't feel like one is free to disagree uh, in a tolerant, agreeable way. And that's that was the Australian way once. Uh, but now we've entered into this new intolerance where if you don't support and celebrate all sorts of identity politics and minority views, then, um, then somehow you're a lesser person. And I think that's what uh, people are starting to to wake up to and object to. Well, let's talk about the more uh, insidious aspect of this, and that is the exposure of it to children. What have you seen, Lyle? Well, look, I think like most uh, of us who live in Sydney, you know, we've, we've seen these uh, murals uh, pop up around the place, um, you know, one with a, uh, a fellow dressed in some sort of sexual fetish gear with a teddy bear's uh, head, um, a teddy bear costume head, uh, obviously designed to attract the eye of children uh, towards someone who is dressed in a, in a sexually fetish-type way. Now, this is sick. It's not something that should be uh, in the open space. It should not be in a public space uh, where children pass. We've seen other murals, you know, with, uh, with uh, penises making up uh, uh, the, the image of rainbow-flagged wings. Now, this is, this is obviously inappropriate stuff. And, and again, it's in view of uh, children. Uh, it's been widely covered in the media. And uh, this should not be the case. Um, we should be protecting children and uh, what adults do uh, behind closed doors should stay there and should not be brought out into the public space uh, in the way that it has been. And I, I think there's um, you know, a case that the leaders of Sydney World Pride have to answer. Why are they targeting children this way? Why are they not being discreet? Why is all this being put out in the open? Uh, not, and, and again, it's not just, obviously it's harmful to children, but it's also offensive to um, probably the great majority of adults who, who believe in civil society and, and want to see their society remain civil. I think a lot of people, fair-minded people, would accept world pride if they were to come out and say they object to, the, to, to content or material that is targeted at children. I mean, you know, it's okay that, you know, adults can do what they like, but leave the kids out of it. Look, I think to some degree, yes. Um, but look, these Mardi Gras parades, World Pride events have always been a celebration of, of sexual expressionism. Now, again, I think, you know, there's a, there's a place for that and it's probably not in the streets uh, of, <laughs> of your major city, but that, that's my view. Uh, but it's just become more and more overt and um, they've taken more licence. And we see, Fred, um, you know, with the events that are being promoted by World Pride, these Pride-affiliated events um, that, that are advertised as part of World Pride, contain um, animal fetish parties. Um, you know, it says on the website um, there'll be ponies, puppies, whips. You know, now, now no one, I don't think people and animals should be combined in sexuality. There's, there's, you know, that, that's just not right. And then on the same website, there's at least three events targeting children, including for toddlers with so-called drag queen story times with sexualised men dressed up as women, promoting uh, sexual expressionism and gender fluidity targeted at toddlers. Now, this is all very, very disturbing stuff, and um, I don't think we should be letting it go through the keeper. It should be 
being called out. Is this a sign of our culture in terminal decline, Lyle? Look, I hope it's not in terminal decline, uh, Fred, but uh, it's certainly in decline. And, you know, these are things which um, people, regardless of their views of homosexuality or or whatever, would have um, called out uh, in times gone past, and rightly so. You know, a society that uh, will not protect its children uh, is a society that's in big trouble. And uh, there's, you know, children should not be exposed to men dressed up as women in a sexualized way. They should not be exposed to gender fluid ideology. There is um, bucket loads of evidence coming out now that this ideology is harming children. Uh, Children's Hospital Westmead researchers blew the whistle just a couple of weeks ago in the Australian newspaper. You know, trying to change children's gender uh, is is not helping them. Um, it's it's hurting them, and uh, this is being seen all over the world. And yet here we have the rainbow flags being waved in the city of Sydney, promoting gender fluid ideology to, to children. And uh, I, I think it's a real worry. Lyle Shelton, it shouldn't be a brave thing to stand up for traditional values the way you do. But thank you for doing so, and thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Fred. That's Lyle Shelton of the Family First Party, who has been defending Western virtues for years. Well, that's all from me. Thanks for watching. Alan Jones is up at eight o'clock and I'll see you again tomorrow at seven. Good night.